Welcome to the European Parliamentary Research Service podcast. In this podcast, we'll talk about the EU's efforts to strengthen energy security in view of existing challenges and concerns, especially regarding our current dependence on Russia for gas and oil. Want to know more? Stay with us. As Russia begun to cut off European countries from gas supplies in June this year, fresh urgency was injected into the EU's efforts to cut dependency from Russia and strengthen its own energy security. The problem is that we in Europe are still critically dependent on imports. In 2020, these covered well over half of our energy needs and the figure rises to 97% for oil and 84% for natural gas. But dependency makes us vulnerable. Indeed. The post-COVID recovery pushed energy prices up in 2021, and they've shot up even further this year as a consequence of Russia's war on Ukraine and Putin shutting the gas tap on some EU countries and reducing supply in retaliation for EU sanctions. This has exposed our dependence on unreliable third countries to meet the EU's energy needs, prompting the Commission to take drastic measures as part of its Repower EU plan. Here's the Commission's Vice President, Franz Timmermans. By the end of this year, we can replace 100 BCM of gas imports from Russia. That is two-thirds of what we import from them. This will end our over-dependency and give us much-needed room to manoeuvre. It's hard, bloody hard, but it's possible. In the long term, the transition to renewable energy sources in which the EU is heavily investing will make us more autonomous. The question is, how do we secure our energy needs in the short term? To achieve the EU's greenhouse gas reduction commitments, member states are phasing out coal. And nuclear energy isn't supported in many member states especially since Fukushima, which means that in the coming years, the EU may continue to rely on gas for heating and, to a lesser extent, for electricity production. Europe's transport sector is also heavily reliant on oil-based products, and 25% of the oil we import comes again from Russia. Given the current tensions with Putin, Norway, Algeria and Azerbaijan are looking forward to more gas business with the EU, but supply diversification will be key. It will rely heavily on liquefied natural gas, which can be more flexibly shipped from a wider range of producer countries than pipeline gas, including the US, which has agreed to supply the EU with much higher volumes of natural gas to help reduce dependence on Russian supplies. So what has the EU done so far to secure its energy independence and reduce vulnerabilities? Over the past 15 years, it's made some progress in terms of diversifying gas supplies and better integrating national gas markets to deal with supply disruptions. For instance, through the Security of Gas Supply Regulation, which ensures that households and essential services won't be unplugged in a crisis situation. The EU also supervises energy agreements between EU and third countries and ensures that member states keep minimum oil reserves. And since October 2021, it counts with a toolbox of targeted actions that member states can take to protect consumers from spiralling energy costs, such as temporary tax reductions or deferral of payments. 
To be able to cope with any potential disruption of Russian gas supplies over the next winter, member states agreed to jointly buy gas, liquefied natural gas and hydrogen, and to increase their storage capacities. Here's the president of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen. We will now use our collective bargaining power. Instead of outbidding each other and driving prices up, we will pool our demand. In addition, we must complete pipeline infrastructure and ramp up our storage and the interconnectors. We propose the minimum storage of 80% underground for next winter, rising to 90% then in the following years. This will be our insurance policy against supply disruption. Now, debate on how to increase security of supply has been accompanied by another on how energy prices are fixed in the EU, with some member states calling for a new system that doesn't take such a toll on consumers who are now paying for the most expensive source of energy consumed, usually gas. At national level, the threat from Russia has prompted different reactions among EU member states. So, while France and Belgium have decided to prolong the life of their nuclear reactors, Poland may revive its coal resources to replace Russian gas in the short term. And Germany plans to invest massively in renewables and has halted the Nord Stream 2 project designed to double the flow of Russian gas direct to the country. But the big question remains. Will the EU as a whole follow the line taken by the US, the UK and the Baltic states and stop all energy imports from Russia. Here's Alex Wilson from the European Parliamentary Research Service. The EU has already started this process. It agreed a ban on imports of Russian coal and more recently a ban on imports of Russian oil with only some limited exemptions. Gas is more complicated and here the EU may struggle to fully replace Russian supplies. But in many ways they have no choice. Russia is no longer a reliable supplier and in fact it's already cut gas supplies to certain EU countries. To diversify energy supply, the EU is also strengthening relations with reliable energy producing and transit countries and is an active partner in multilateral frameworks such as the International Energy Agency and the Energy Charter Treaty, which governs relations between producing and consuming countries. The EU is also part of an energy community with the Western Balkan countries and others such as Ukraine, Georgia and Moldova, which are important transit countries for EU gas supplies from Russia and Azerbaijan and face similar challenges. Now, how far can the EU go in energy matters? Stay with us. Energy, as such, is a national competence. But although member states are free to decide on their own energy mix and where they get their energy from, the EU has a responsibility to ensure security of supply. But in the end, it's all down to political will. So perhaps the Ukraine crisis will give the necessary push for member states to relinquish some of its energy sovereignty and start taking common decisions on what energy they want for the future and map a path out of energy dependency that is compatible with the transition to climate neutrality by 2050. What's now evident for everybody is that climate action and energy security are two sides of the same coin. So supporting one will in the long run reinforce the other. That's right. Now, what do experts recommend? 
Well aware that even limited Russian gas imports bolster Gazprom and thus support Putin, the think tank Bruegel argues that cutting off Russian oil and coal supplies would push Europe into a short and painful adjustment period. But if managed well, disruptions would remain temporary. Here's Ben McWilliams, research analyst at Bruegel. The conclusion of our analysis is that the EU can end its reliance on Russian gas imports through a combination of supply-side and demand-side measures. Since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the supply-side measures have been relatively successful largely through boosted imports of LNG. However, demand-side measures have been lacking so far, and this is the key priority area where European leaders must now cooperate and communicate effectively to populations that natural gas consumption must be cut. The International Energy Agency favours a less drastic approach and has presented a 10-point plan to reduce reliance on Russian supplies by over a third while supporting the European Green Deal and energy security. We've spoken to their chief energy economist, Tim Gould. What we wanted to do there is set out what we think are the essential steps that Europe needs to take to reduce that vulnerability. And some of that is on the supply side around maximising gas supplies from other sources, um, but really crucially on the demand side as well. So accelerating the deployment of solar and wind, making the most of existing low emissions energy sources such as renewables and nuclear, um, and ramping up energy efficiency measures in homes and business. And we think those remain incredibly important in the run-up to uh, what could be a really tough winter ahead. The European Parliament shares the same concerns about Russia and has called on the EU to stop all imports of oil, coal, nuclear fuel and gas from Russia. Parliament has also called for both Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines to be completely abandoned and for a plan to continue ensuring the EU security of energy supply in the short term. Want to know more? Check out Alex Wilson's full policy brief on the EPRS website or in our app. This is a European Parliamentary Research Service podcast. Thanks for listening.